The podcast you're about to listen to is hosted by a notoriously filthy-mouthed redhead. And you're going to hear graphic details. You're going to hear adult content. You're working at home. You're down for it, right? All right, let's do this thing. But I won't complain and I won't quit I am enormous, get used to it Everyone tells me I'm too much Maybe it's just you're not enough for me Can't you see? I'm the kind of woman I'm supposed to be Hi there, and welcome to the Body Storytelling Podcast. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie De La Tour, and this week we have a story of being lonely and finding a weirdo like you. But first, how's your apocalypse going? We have been under a shelter in place in San Francisco for over a week. I mean, previously I thought shelter in place is were only for like active shooters and then they stopped after a few hours typically but a week of this and here's a thing i have a lot of respiratory issues i get pneumonias every year pneumonias multiple pneumonias i get severe sinus infections so when they started talking about covid19 i isolated early i not only social distanced <laughs> i hid i've been hiding I've been trying to make sure that I don't come in contact with the germs. My biggest fear was that I was going to get it and I was going to pass it on without being aware. So I've stayed away from people. One of the scariest moments I had was I finally lost it last week and went, I'm going to go to the dog park and just stay away from people. And somebody at the dog park came up to me. They recognized me from the show and the podcast and just kept getting closer than six feet. And I would move, I'd pretend I was taking a picture of the dogs as a way to turn away from them and move a little farther on. And at one point, they got a little closer than I would like. And before I could move away, they said, weren't you on so-and-so's podcast? God, I love that podcast. And they popped their peas when they said podcast. And I was like, oh my God, how close was I to that person? I am not the kind of person who freaks out about germs. I get colds. I mean, it happens, but... This thing is different, right? Because I have respiratory issues. My partner, Bent, and I have been talking about this a lot. And I was really going crazy to leave the house. I mean, I've been in the house almost exclusively. And the other day, we were like, okay, well, we got to get up at four o'clock in the morning if we're going to be at the grocery store when the first, when the grocery store first opens, because they only let them in a certain number at a time, and there's less time in line and less people in front of you that you can catch germs from, even though you're doing the social distancing thing. Um, and I read something really scary that day that kind of freaked me out. And even though we were going together, even though we'd set the alarm clock and we were going to do it together, he said, why don't you just not go? Like, 
I'll wash my clothes after I go to the grocery store. I'll wear gloves. I'll do everything, but stay in the house. So it's very hard to let go of the control of going to the grocery store. I mean, I work at home. It's exciting for me to go to the grocery store because it means I leave the house. So to send him to the grocery store without me, what if he got it wrong? What if he bought peanut M&Ms instead of plain M&Ms, which he did, but they are my second favorite kind of M&Ms, so it's probably going to be okay. So I was like, okay, here's a list. I made him a package. I made gloves. I made antiseptic wipes. I made a bag with all the grocery bags in it. So we kept our own grocery bags, even though they were going in another store. And I said, don't forget to look for all these things. You're not going to find them. But I want you to look for pears and raspberries and garlic and, oh my God, modium, just in case this thing gets us. And fresh pasta. What? I went crazy. I made a wish list. Velveeta. Well, guess what? He found Velveeta in the store. As we were putting the groceries away, he went, wow, stuff was $14. I would never have paid $14 for Velveeta if it had been me. But I put it on the wish list thinking maybe the regular cheeses weren't there. That's what happens when you have to relinquish control. My house is stocked with food. It's stocked with medicine. I wanted to make sure that we had everything. Even though I bought all the cold meds early on, I was like, let's make sure that we have Neosporin just in case we cut ourselves. We can't go to the hospital. Let's make sure we have Brita filters so our water is clean. I need contact solution. Oh my God, what about zinc lozenges? Those might be a good idea. He carried in so much stuff at the end of it. And even though it was in my house, I put on gloves and I unpacked it because that's what we're being told to do right now. And I don't do what I'm told to do, except right now I'm doing what I'm being told to do. So I got a $14 block of Velveeta. He didn't get any blue cheese. He didn't like blue cheese, so I knew he wasn't going to get me any blue cheese. And so I've been staying home. I got a lot of food. They're calling it the COVID-15. It's going to be the COVID-50 for me. I'm going to be gaining weight like crazy because I'm not going out nearly as much as I should be. And there's nothing but food in the house now. Today, I was talking to Marty, my podcast producer, and I was asking him what he was doing with his entire family home, kids, his wife, and everything. And he was telling me how he likes to entertain himself because have you noticed that robocalls are stepping up? You're starting to get more of those sorts of calls. Well, he always presses one to speak to somebody. And so he's entertaining himself by fucking with robocallers. Like that one where they call and pretend they're your grandkid and they're in jail and they need you to bail them out. Be sure and send the money to this. So he will get on and pretend he's a grandpa because he recognizes what kind of robocall it is. And they'll say, Hey, Grandpa, what you doing? Apparently, it's a live person that calls you. I thought maybe it was going to be a recording because mostly that's what I get. Hey, Grandpa, what you doing? And he'll go, just sitting here, masturbating, thinking about your grandma's titties. What you doing, grandson? And he just plays along. Somebody called him the other day a robocaller 
but it was a person. And he started singing to them. It was a person. And he was just like, hey, why don't you get a better job and stop fucking with people? Don't call my house and ask me for no money. And the person was like, please just stay on the phone with me because I get paid by the hour. And if you hang up, I have to call somebody else. So let's just stay on the phone together. And the person started singing back to him. God damn, I hate this job too. It's the stupidest job ever in it, but I got to pay my bills. They sang to each other. And then said, thanks for singing with me. You're welcome. I enjoyed singing with you. Him him and some person who was supposed to entrap him and steal his money. That's one way we're entertaining ourselves these days. My best friend, Lil P, loves to go to the farmer's market. Farmer's markets are still open because they're an essential service. And I talked to her the other day and I said, what are you doing? She goes, I just got back from the farmer's market. I'm like, oh my God, you left the house? Wait, let me settle in. I climbed in bed. I kicked off my shoes. And I'm like, okay, tell me about it. And she said, well, to get ready to go to the farmer's market, I had to put on my outside shoes. And I'm like, oh, really? She goes, yeah, I bent over. Bent over at the waist and I reached down and I slipped them on. And then I tied them, tied them really tight. And I'm like, mm, yeah, slower. She said, then I had to put my gloves on. And I'm like, what color were they? She goes, the green ones. I'm like, oh, the green ones. We have the purple ones. We also have the black ones. This is how boring my life is right now. She's like, yeah, I'm gonna put these gloves on. I like to make them snap. I'm like, mm. She goes, I went out the front door. I made sure that I'd used bleach solution on my key so it was all nice and clean just in case. I clean it when I come in and when I go out. And as I stepped out, the hibiscus was hanging down into the doorway. And I stuck my nose in it and I took a good sniff. And then I thought, oh my God, somebody else has probably put their nose in that hibiscus and I probably just got a disease from a plant. Keep telling me about the farmer's market though. That's great. Don't worry about the plant. Keep going. So she drove to the Temascal Farmer's Market. And someone had drawn chalk circles six feet apart in front of each one of the booths so that people could still go to the farmer's market. And each one had initials in the circle so you knew which vendor you were in line for. If the circle said HB, you were in line for produce at Happy Boy Farms. If the circle said BB, You were in line for bone broth. Yes, I live in California. They do shit like that, bone broth. If you were in line in the circles at MB, you were in the line for midwife and baker. And I said, so did anybody ever get closer than six feet apart? She said, yeah, I saw somebody staying a little closer to the person in front of them. I'm like, five feet, were they five feet? Oh God, that's so naughty, just five feet apart. She goes, yeah, I saw that. And I'm like, oh, tell me about people. Tell me about their hair color. Tell me what they look like. What were they wearing? Were they all wearing gloves? What about the people not wearing gloves? My God, the insanity. She said, first, we stopped at Golden Gate Pickle Works, where we got his and hers pickle juice. Her partner, Matthew, usually gets Italian green bean pickle juice. What the fuck? But this week he was feeling particularly adventurous and he chose golden beet turmeric. 
she got red beet horseradish. Pickle juice, no pickles in it, just pickle juice. They bought pickle juice. It's another world. They also got a jar of fire cider. Matthew screwed up his face and went, this is awful. And I will tell you, if you've never had fire cider, I had pneumonia a few years ago and somebody brought some to my house to heal me. I'm not sure you want to be healed if you have to drink that stuff. It was some of the nastiest stuff I've ever tasted in my life. Then little P said she walked around and she practiced social distancing, but decided to stop at Boochman to buy kombucha. She got everything she might need for a week of sheltering in place. Growlers of currant clove and ginger sage kombucha and a 500 milliliter of mint juniper. We're having farmer's market porn, y'all. This is farmer's market porn we're discussing. I swear to God, I thought I was going to have to reach down the front of my sweatpants. It was so exciting to think about all those people together and all that, I would say produce, but mainly this is just weird stuff that's fermented at this point. She said there were no eggs. (laughs) I have always teased P about the eggs at the farmer's market because they have a little note rubber banded onto the top that will say... Yes, these eggs are $14 a dozen, but these chickens were treated respectfully. I was like, I like disrespecting chickens. I want the disrespect. Those things are like $3.99 a dozen. I want disrespected chicken eggs. But no, she likes chickens to be treated respectfully. But there were no eggs. She went. She bought some milk at Alexander Farms. And the high point of the trip was she bought a $60 ham hock from the cheese guy. $60. A ham hock. It wasn't like an entire ham. It was a ham hock. Now, I would think if you went to Honey Baked Ham and you spent $60, you'd get the whole fucking ham. But no. If you go to the farmer's market in Shishi, Oakland, you're going to get a $60 ham hock. But of course, when she got home, she didn't have the right kind of beans, so that ham and bean soup may not work out the way she was expecting. Then finally, Matthew went to Midwife and Baker, and he got the last loaf of millet and quinoa bread. Jesus, good Lord, that's what passes for excitement these days. I get tired of watching Zoom concerts, and I'm tired of watching Netflix streaming The idea of being around real people and talking face to face. Oh my God, here's a naughty thought. Rub one out to hugging another person. You've probably seen some of the stuff online on how not to hook up right now. We don't need it. I mean, really, all you really want to do is just think about the connection of being with another human being. That's so exciting. I hope you keep yourself safe. They say that stuff's starting to happen here in the U.S. So please take care of yourself. Do keep your distance from other people. Go home, rub one out. I don't know if it's whether you're thinking about a millet and quinoa loaf of bread or a ham hock or maybe you're just thinking about titties. I don't know. Either way, keep it to yourself for the next couple of weeks. I promise to give you juicy stories to keep you going in the meantime. Sometimes it's hard to meet sexual partners in real life, especially right now. And online porn is getting old, isn't it? 
Maybe you want to connect with a real live person? Well, let me introduce you to MyGirlFund.com. MyGirlFund allows you to form virtual relationships with sexy, amazing women. MyGirlFund allows you to form virtual relationships with sexy, amazing women. You can meet, message, share photos and videos, and cam with these women in private. I know I just said introduce you, but they're not new. My Girl Fund was launched way back in 2009, and over the years, they've built an awesome community of friendly, sexy women to connect with. They're relatable, and they want to hang out. My Girl Fund allows its female members to control their exposure. They connect with who they want to connect with, control how they want to interact, and decide what they charge for these interactions. There are no set prices for interactions and content. It's all negotiated one-on-one. When you do a job, you need to get paid. We can all agree that people should be paid for their labor. The reality is that it's very difficult for women to get paid for virtual adult work without risking their personal exposure. And while many women are willing to dirty chat or share nude content for money, safe and discreet platforms are rare. My Girl Fund focuses on anonymity and privacy, and that means that they can allow for complex, intimate relationships to develop. So, it's a safe, private, and discreet adult community, and you can join MyGirlFund.com for free. And for a limited time, you can become a lifetime premium member for less than $5 when you visit MyGirlFund.com Dixie. That means that as a fan of the Body Storytelling Podcast, you can get discounted credits and bonus interaction features for life when you go to MyGirlFund.com D-I-X-I-E. Are you ready for your story? Well, let's talk about this week's storyteller. Tazness drinks, sings, and writes songs for his mostly a cappella group, Brass Farthing. He published a book on belly dancing, studied mime, and plays over 30 instruments badly. In his spare time, he makes toys out of cardboard and writes pithy comments on Facebook. As you will learn in this story, he likes big butts. And he cannot, in fact, lie about it. If you want more, his blog is tazness.com. This storyteller is Tazness. <laughs> That's better. Hi. I was an 18-year-old, freshly minted bisexual. And I thought I was a twink. Now, for the three of you that don't know, a twink is a young, skinny, smooth boy. And I thought it was that. (laughs) And I'm at the University of Arizona, and there's this older gentleman who's trying to court me, and his name is Doc, and he is a psychologist, and he's 40-something, and he's got this really round face, and this poofy beard, and sticky-out ears, And he looks like a teddy bear, but if you're a Star Wars fan, (laughs) he looks like an Ewok. (laughs) Now, I have not really established what my type is. Maybe it's an Ewok. (laughs) 
So it's around Thanksgiving, and I have to go up to my parents and have Thanksgiving dinner. And Doc and I are lamenting that the problem with this is when you go to somebody else's house and you have Thanksgiving dinner, you don't get the leftovers, right? Which is the best part of Thanksgiving. So Doc makes me an offer. He says, after Thanksgiving, come to my house and I will make you another Thanksgiving. <laughs> and I think, I could fuck an Ewok for that. <laughs> so, good in his word, I go to his house after Thanksgiving, and there it is, the spread out with the turkey and the potatoes and the stuffing and the stuff, and it's, and it's fine. And the dinner itself is fine, but the best part about this dinner is that we've had first Thanksgiving, and now we're having second Thanksgiving. <laughs> So that was good. So dinner's fine. And then I do what's, you know, the obligatory thanks for dinner sex. <laughs> and after the sex, he's rubbing my body and he says, someday you're going to have to decide what to do about your body hair. And I'm like, I'm a twink. <laughs> I may have a little more than other twinks, but yeah, I don't know. So that kind of stuck with me. Well, three years later, I'm now a little older, by three years, and I'm this skinny string bean with a mullet, and I figure out what Doc was talking about, because Doc had seen a lot more young, naked, twinkie boys than me, and I had sprouted. And I was the guy that when you take your shirt off, they make fun of you like you're wearing a sweater, and I realized the curse of having sex with an Ewok is you become a Wookiee. <laughs> so at this point, all of my friends and peers and people around my age are getting, you know, filling into their body and they're getting their sexual type and, and they're looking good, right? And I wasn't, I was looking, they were looking at me like I'm disgusting. And I had to deal with what am I gonna do about my body hair? So at this point in our story, it's I'm living in my mom's basement in Spring Valley, New York, outside of New York City. And I have this job in the afternoons as a phlebotomist at the local hospital. I get to wear a lab coat, which I loved. And then after that, I would go over to my friend Bill's apartment. And it was Bill and his girlfriend, Beth, and their roommate, Ella. And the four of us would stay up late and get stoned and play Dungeons and Dragons. And this was the regular thing. And so normal night, we'd stay up late, do all that. Bill and Beth would go to bed, and Ella and I would hang out and just hang out and talk. Well, you want to know about Ella. <sighs> so Ella, you know the type. Ella's this bombshell. She is tall and has these beautiful blue eyes and this long, super curly, straw blonde hair that's like fancy spaghetti, like fasili, fasuli, fasili. And... And she's tall. She's, we stood eye to eye at six feet. And the thing is, I'm this like skinny, hairy twink. <laughs> and Ella is this 
Viking warrior queen. And she is big and bold and strong and intimidating. And at this point, we'd been hanging out a little bit and we were just getting to know each other and we hadn't really found any sexual attraction or anything yet, but we were both a little bitter about the world in general and particularly bitter about the ways that our bodies were changing and forming that wasn't working out the way that other people's bodies were working out. So we kind of had that in common and bonded a bit. Well, Thanksgiving rolls around again and go to work and then I don't want to go home to my mom's, so back over to Bill's and the usual. We play the games and we get stoned and Bill and Beth go to bed and there's me and Ella stoned with nothing to do. (laughs) Now, I don't know who started it. I don't know who started the making out, but we're making out, we're making out, and then she sticks her hand up my shirt and feels the fur and doesn't seem to mind. And I stick my hand up her shirt and feel the largesse and I don't seem to mind. (laughs) So we're doing that. But then she stops and she says, Taz, which never is a good way to start something. I have something to tell you. What? I'm getting stomach reduction surgery. And I'm trying to play it cool. Why? And she says, Taz, looks at me like I'm an idiot because I am almost 400 pounds and my spine is going to get crushed. Oh, I've never really had a number attached to these sorts of things. It was getting late, I said, let's just go to bed. She has a twin bed, which doesn't help our cause. So we're lying there like two little toothpicks, except I'm the toothpick and she's not the toothpick. And she's staring at the ceiling, thinking about her future. And I kind of wiggle a bit, trying to get comfortable, and she knocks me off the bed. And I thought that was hilarious. (laughs) And so I giggle, so she giggles, so the tension's there. And I'm like, this is it. I will knock Ella off the bed. And so I jump back, and she swats me away like I'm a rag doll. (laughs) That didn't work. So I'm thinking I can do this. I just need strategy and physics. (laughs) And I jump back on the bed. She swats me away. And we do this a few times. And I take a mild beating. But eventually, I can wiggle under her. And my knees are crunched up to my chest. And she's on top of me. And then I'm like a spring. And I spring forward and launch her off the bed. Victory. So now, we're hot, we're sweaty, we're worked up, we're a little giggly, and we're kind of annoyed at each other. (laughs) Which means it is time to start fucking. (laughs) So we really try. And I lie on top of her, and she tries getting on top of me, and there's some doggy style, and it's kind of working, but it's not like working. And I say, Ella, which is a good way to start things, I have an idea. I think you should sit on my face. And she says, 
I would kill you. <laughs> and I say, let's find out. <laughs> so I lie on my back, and she very carefully kneels above me, spread out, and I can see the holy cavern of Ella's vagina, which is stretching from my forehead to my chin. But she is tall, and I can't reach it. I need her lower. So I say, Ella, I need you to sit down on my face. She says, but do it. So carefully, she lowers herself down, and there's the flesh coming down into my face and it fills my pores and my orifices, and then my head is slowly being swallowed by the vagina, and my ears are boxed in by her butt, and I am locked down. My shoulders can't move, I can't really turn my head, and I'm pretty sure I can't breathe. <laughs> what do you do? Start licking. So I really try, <laughs> but I'm suffocating. <laughs> and I don't want to like tap out. I don't want, I mean, it took us a long time to get here. I don't want to ruin the mood. So I'm like, what can I do? What can I do? And I can just barely turn my head. And with my pointy nose, I can make a small tunnel in the flesh to scoop up just enough air <gasps> and then go back to licking. So it's kind of like swimming, right? So you turn your head, you grab a little air, and then you start licking and licking and licking, and then turn your head and, and lick, 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 and turn, and lick, 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 and turn, lick, lick, and it's, and we're doing great. So far. And then Ella's getting excited. Yes, Ella's getting excited. Ella's getting excited, and her legs start to tremble, and then they start to really tremble, and then the trembles are like tremors, and then it's like an earthquake, and then my face is vibrating and shaking, and my neck is vibrating and shaking, and my shoulders, and then whoosh! And it's, I'm drowning in pussy juice. It is, it is in my eyes and my mouth and my nose and my ears, but this isn't just squirting. This is the deluge. This is the flood. This is like 6,000 years of warrior Viking queen sexual tension rushing down my throat. And it is delicious. It is way better than Thanksgiving dinner. And finally, Ella is relaxed on my face, <laughs> completely. And I can't turn my head, and I can't blink my eyes. They are pinned open, and I am running out of air, and I can't even tap my arm because I can't lift my arm, and I'm starting to black out. And I think I might die. <laughs> Ella might be right. But I think if I died right now, I would be the happiest man alive. So Ella sits up. <gasps> oh my God. 
And she looks at me, and I'm just glazed. I'm just, I'm just like drippy and sticky, and I have this shit-eating grin. And she just laughs at me, because that's what queens do. <laughs> so we stayed friends. We stayed friends with benefits. And uh, eventually, I moved on to San Francisco. And uh, she did get the surgery, didn't really take. And I don't really know what happened to her, but I, I like to imagine that Ella is having a great time sitting on faces all over the country. <laughs> so for me, come to San Francisco, and 15 years later, I joined the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus. And it is there I find out an important piece of information. I am not a twink. I am an otter. An otter, for the three of you who don't know, is a skinny bear. And this is important information to me because suddenly I realize I'm a type. And I'm a type with a name. And the thing is, if I'm a type, that means that I'm somebody else's type. And I don't have to give a damn about what to do about my body hair. Thank you.
That song was Umbrella by Rihanna. I have great news for our Patreon supporters. I have more time right now because there are no live shows, which means that I am cranking out great stuff on Patreon. This week, I'm going to release the first in my series of behind the scenes on how I coach my storytellers. You'll get to see a storyteller go beginning from their basic pitch to telling their story in front of a room full of people. I'm also going to be adding videos because I've seen a few people who have gone from like the $5 level to the $30 level. I'm going to commit to releasing videos for those people so that since the regular reward, which is a reserved seat at a live show, isn't available, I'm going to have videos for you. You can feel like you're there. You can watch their face. You can see what the people who have these adventures look like. And it's going to inspire you to live your own very, very soon. So go to patreon.com slash body. Support us at whatever level you can. Check out the levels and the rewards that are going to be coming for you really soon. I just did a post that told you a little bit about the levels involved for those rewards. And if you have a request please let me know what you'd like to see on Patreon. The things that I have that I have time to get to you right now, let's get them to you. You're going to help me keep this podcast going. You're going to ensure that body storytelling continues. So many things that we care about are going to go away with what's happening in the world. Let's make sure this thing stays put. Go to patreon.com body and thanks in advance for your support. What's coming up for Body Storytelling? We're working on our first online show. Make sure that you're subscribed to our mailing list because our mailing list and our patrons are going to be the first to know when tickets become available for that. And I will tell you that the first one is going to be a test, which means that the size of that online show is going to be really limited. And you know you want to be there and be part of it. So make sure you subscribe. Go to bodystorytelling.com slash subscribe. Get on the mailing list and you'll be the first to know so that you can grab tickets to the very first online body storytelling. I am cherishing more than ever this time that we get to spend together every week. Thank you for the letters that you guys have been sending me. Thank you for the connection, telling me what's going on in your life. Nothing would make me happier than if you found a way to record your voice and tell me what's happening in your life. Because 
a podcast to me should be a continuation of a live show. I should get to hear about what's going on with you too. So if you want to send me a recording, however you want to send it, send it to Dixie at BodyStorytelling.com or you could put it on a Google Drive and link it to me. But I would really love to start including you and your story on the podcast, even if it's just your day to day, even if it's not the sexiest thing in the world. Body is more about being real than anything else. I want to know what's really going on for you right now. And it's time to say thank you to the people who make the podcast possible. Thank you to podcast producer Marty Garcia. Thank you to sound engineer David Grossoff. Thank you to video archivist Joe Moore. Thank you to you for listening, for reviewing us wherever you review things. I've been getting such good reviews lately. Every time I get one, it lights up my day. And we need things to light up our days right now, don't we? I am sexual folklorist Dixie Delatour, and you've been listening to the Body Storytelling Podcast. Here's a peek at what's next. <laughs> so he said that he valued our friendship way too much. <laughs> I know! <laughs> and um, and uh, he didn't want to risk the friendship, losing the friendship. So I was, I was disappointed. Seven years later, we get married. <laughs> So I guess I wore him down a little bit. Uh, Yeah.